This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, May 14th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioye Jr., and joining me is Tim Ma Fine Gettys. Once again, Bless. Whenever it's me and you, it's a big news day. Things popping out left and right. We got breaking news up to the minute going live. Yeah, dude. I'm like, I literally was working on the dock literally 10 seconds ago (laughs) trying to fit stuff in because it's a big day. A lot of things happening. A lot of things happening, including Mario, Paper Mario, Tim, which people check out. The drought is over. We've been the drought talking is about over. It on this show for weeks now. I've been upset. I've been wanting some announcements. We're getting announcements. We're getting Paper Mario. We're getting Paper Mario in just a couple months. Yeah, man. YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. If people want to watch our reactions to that, uh, me and you, we just did a reactions to Paper Mario, the or- Origami Killers, I keep calling it. The Which origami I accidentally King. headlined the Origami Killer and did it you really? went live. <laughs> and I checked to, to just make sure the video was live on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. And I realized I put Paper Mario, the Origami Killer. I'm like, God damn it. Of course. <laughs> That's going to be confusing to me until, until it releases. It is. <sighs> origami King. The Origami, origami King. King. Today's stories, of course, include the Origami Killer and the Origami King, uh, Smash not being at Evo, and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live, right here on twitch.tv slash Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash Games, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kind of Funny games daily to be a part of the show head to patreon.com slash kind of funny games for bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping we're reacting to that ghost of tsushima uh, state of play that's happening later today uh that's happening at 1 p.m pacific time on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games tim do you have any like last minute predictions ghost of tsushima well, state of play i'm predicting some hotness man i'm, I'm hoping hotness. We, i'm hoping we get like an actual slice of gameplay you know like i want to see like what's what's a moment to moment in this game going to be like not necessarily the big set piece and like vertical slice stuff like what what am i actually doing in this game oh man there are gonna be some vertical slices tim i can tell you right now there are gonna i mean be some i'm down for uh, but i want i want multiple slices i don't i don't yeah. just want like here's a big set piece right of i course. want like yeah what's something that's a little bit more mundane because i feel like we've seen the bigger stuff we've seen the like super super i'm just walking around in the field but like i want to see a hud that's what i want that's what i want is i want a hud I'm with you. I would absolutely love to see a HUD, and I would love to see, yeah, what, what's the, what are the mundane things I'm going to be doing? What's the day-to-day? What am I, what's the open world look like? All that stuff. So I'm mm-hmm. very much looking forward to that. Again, 1 p.m. Pacific time on twitch.tv slash games. It's going to be, I don't I know who all is going to be on that. I assume me and Greg and you. Me, you, Greg, and Andy. And Andy. Got a, got a, uh, a I was going to say a quadruple, a, a quadruple. It's us, uh, the quadruple. We got a foursome, a fearsome mm-hmm. foursome going on. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producers, Mohammed Mohammed, Blackjack, and Al Treisman. Uh, today we're brought to you by Hims, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is, and forever will be, another jam-packed Roper Report. <laughs> it's time for some news. We have six stories today. A baker's dozen! 
starting with our number one, Paper Mario is back. I'm pulling this from Adam Bankhurst at IGN, who writes, Nintendo has announced that Paper Mario The Origami King will be released on Nintendo Switch on July 17th, 2020. Paper Mario The Origami King is a brand new adventure that has Mario teaming up with his new partner, Olivia, as they team up with unlikely allies like Bowser and the Toads to battle evil folded soldiers. Princess Peach invites Mario and Luigi to the kingdom's uh, origami festival, but she looks a bit more papery than usual. It turns out King Ollie, who claims to be the ruler of the origami kingdom, has hatched a devious plot that only Mario and his friends could solve. Oh, and Olivia is actually King Ollie's sister. Ollie Paper and Mario will Ollie and Olivia. Yeah. Paper Mario will have new abilities at his disposal, including the 1,000 fold arms ab- ability that will allow players to extend Mario's arms to interact with the environment and solve puzzles. There will also be a new ring-based, uh, ring-based battle system that requires both puzzle-solving skills and quick wit. Quote, Paper Mario the Origami King delivers a grand new adventure uh, on Nintendo Switch for players to wrap themselves up in, said Nick Chavez, Nintendo of America's Senior Vice President of Sales and Marketing. Quote, This game marks the debut of the Paper Mario series on Nintendo Switch, expanding the vast library of games with, with another standout entry in a beloved franchise. End quote. Paper Mario the, the Origami King may very well be the, the, the first game that will help celebrate Super Mario Bros. Uh, 35th anniversary, one that, if the reports are true, will see the release of remasters of many, many of Mario's classic adventures, including Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy. And Tim, I want to start, start with you there, right? Uh, we've had rumors mm-hmm. over the last couple of months about Mario's 35th anniversary and what that might entail. We got the Lego thing. Right, which is really exciting, the Mario and Lego collaboration. We're now getting Paper Mario, which has been rumored for a while, and we have talked about it uh, for a while, but we have the actual reveal here today. Do you think this confirms that we're going to get Mario 64 and the other 3D Mario remasters slash remakes? Yes and no. Yes in the sense that, A, right, we have this, and this is kind of step one of like a five-step process of, okay, cool, they said Paper Mario, they also said this, 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 and this. We still don't know what that could look like. Is it one package? Is it multiple games? I'm really interested in in all of that. But the bigger thing is the reports were that we were going to get a traditional Paper Mario game. Now, looking at this trailer and you reading this, this, uh, the press release thing here, there's a a severe lack of three letters. RPG being talked about. And that kind of bothers me. Like we just did a live reaction to the, the trailer. And I was saying that I'm like... I'm 50% excited, 50% optimistic, and or um, like pessimistic, actually, uh, hesitant for sure, in the sense that this doesn't look like the third game in the Paper Mario series of Paper Mario 64, Thousand Year Door, this being a grand epic RPG with super unique um, partner characters and a super crazy story and all this stuff. Yeah. It kind of feels a bit more in line with the color splashes and sticker star stuff with the origami kind of fitting into that like paper gimmick where the -hmm. paper look isn't just the art style it's the gameplay if that makes sense this definitely we we saw some combat and it it made me feel pretty excited because a lot of the stuff in the trailer does hint that it is airing on the more traditional side of paper mario but honestly this isn't what i fully wanted or expected from the insider leaks and rumors, right? So with that, I don't know if this confirms the rest of the things because 
this isn't quite what they were saying and what they were implying. It's not super far off from it, and I'm very excited about this this title in particular. I think that it, despite all that, even if it doesn't live up to the honestly extremely high expectations I would have yeah. for a Paper Mario of that ilk, I think that this will be better than than Color Splash and Sticker Star. Yeah, people absolutely love uh, Thousand Year Door, especially right. Like Mario, Mar- Paper Mario sixty four is is where my Paper Mario love lies. Like I absolutely love uh, Paper Mario on the N sixty four, and I never got around to playing. <clears throat> excuse me, uh, uh, the game on GameCube, right? Thousand Year Door. Um, but yeah, looking at this trailer, right? Like you look at the combat system, and it is unique and different, and it's kind of hard for me to process that off the bat because yeah like from what people have said about the the later uh, paper mario games being color splash and uh paper jam right like people didn't necessarily love the changes that came with those right and even super paper mario if you, if you count that even though that's like a totally different kind of thing um there there there's a difference here with kind of how they're presenting it like all all of the the story stuff and the fun like dialogue where where it started off with peach as the origami peach uh talking to mario in a way that that kind of came off as like oh wow this is super dark this is super serious right and and then they immediately got into like oh yeah cool but here's the paper mario you know and love which is like the comedy which is like the fun writing which is like the cool moments and the different characters of the mario universe getting to to interact in ways they usually don't get them to get to see them interact in like that's the stuff that i feel like makes paper mario paper mario special and yeah like if the combat system the actual like gameplay systems uh actually nail it in a way where it's like okay cool like this this circular combat grid thing is different but like there's actually strategy here and i'm actually enjoying this then i think they could knock it out out of the park that's like the main thing that i'm worried about to me that's the thing is it is the combat and it is that the the battle system that we didn't see too much of in this trailer but what we did see i was enticed by i feel like watching this trailer Mm -hmm. we're getting equal parts the comedy from the mario and luigi series the old school type combat of the original paper mario and thousand year door the kind of gimmicky stuff of the more recent paper marios um but then also there is you brought up super paper mario i feel like there is a a um a bunch of elements that we, from that game that we we saw in this trailer like the, the more kind of like 3d world that you're walking in it didn't seem like mm-hmm. the old school traditional ones it did seem a bit more like there would be some type of light platforming and stuff going on so it's one of those things where there is the worry of is it going to be jack of all trade masters of none but i feel like while i definitely would prefer it to be a hundred percent in the thousand year door ways i'm okay if it at least tones down the things i didn't like about all the other styles because those things for the most part they all had something going for them so this could all kind of work out to be an excellent title and i'm excited i'm more excited for it than i am scared now I'm pulling this tweet from Nibelian on Twitter because you mentioned the the RPG thing, and he he tweeted a couple hours ago. Uh, he said, uh, "Paper Mario: The Origami King is being listed as an action adventure on Nintendo's website." RIP RPG Dreams. He then follows that up because somebody then re- replied to him saying that it's listed as an ad- adventure slash slash RPG on the UK eShop, and so. You know, it, it seems like they're 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 kind of treating it both ways. It seems like there's there's some fuzziness as far as like how not how they're looking at it but at least how they're they're communicating it as a genre but i imagine that like when you look at paper mario and when 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 you look at what people love about paper mario right like people do talk about the the rpg-ness of it right people do talk about the first couple of games way more so than 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 the latter games and i feel like on the switch nintendo has done a, a very good job of kind of harkening back to uh what people loved about 
the big franchises, right? I know Mario Odyssey and, and Zelda Breath of the Wild are like the two big examples because those were like the two big games that, that came out during that launch year, right? Uh, Breath of the Wild kind of reinvented and, and reimagined what a Zelda game could be like, right? By going back to like the the very original uh, Legend of Zelda on, on the NES, right? Took principles from that in order to recreate what that game was. Uh, you look at Mario Odyssey, Mario Odyssey definitely like went back to Mario 64, took things to the drawing board and, and, and kind of not necessarily reinvented, but you know, went back, went back and gave people what they loved about that franchise. Yeah. I know Nintendo has been, since then has been kind of hit and miss as far as like how, how well they do that. Um, but I feel like, I feel like this, the switch era Nintendo would nail it. Right. Would kind of, would kind of oh, take, man. take paper Mario and, and, and take it in the, in the direction that people want and are asking for. Now, so that leads me to the next point, which is the release date and kind of the execution of this marketing um, reveal. So we're getting it now. We know we're getting this game now two months from now in July. Like Mm -hmm. that's probably one of the tightest turnarounds that we've ever seen in video games from a major release announcement to it coming out, right? Like Fallout, we always talk about it's like E3 and they're coming out in what was it? November or October? I think it was November. Like even that had a bunch of months. Granted, Fallout bigger than Paper Mario, but Paper Mario, a marquee yeah. title for if we're Nintendo. not like if we're not counting like shadow drops and stuff, right? Because like Apex Legends comes to mind, but I was like, that is that is definitely its own unique case for sure. Like yeah. that, you you'll never beat that in terms of like out of nowhereness. But um, with this, it's like cool. We had the rumors and stuff, but on one hand, again, this game it's a it's a battle for me between being excited and being hesitant because I'm excited it's coming so soon, but I'm also hesitant where I'm like. How long has this game been been worked on? Like, like is this game? I, I now imagine, especially in the Corona times we're in, it must be mm-hmm. done if they're putting the release date out July seventeenth. Like, they must be ready to go for this. So I wonder why we're just hearing about it now. It feels very un Nintendo. Uh, Nintendo would have been a direct that talks mm-hmm. about this and other games, and we've you know kind of been leading into this. Was there supposed to be a direct earlier in the year that for whatever reason I- got banned? I mean, I bet so, right? Like, I feel like so many things got pushed back due due to COVID, right? Like, that's been that's been a thing we've been hearing and actually like seeing as it's been happening, right? We had the the uh, the Unreal Unreal Engine five reveal yesterday, and that was supposed to be what at GDC, GDC right? We had like we had the Mark Cerny thing that was supposed to be at GDC. I feel like there's so there have been so many reveals this year that were already supposed to be you know out and done already that we're just getting and that we're going to continue to get maybe over the summer because people are, are just putting these things together and trying to figure out how to act, how to uh market this stuff and advertise this stuff right now and yeah. so like yeah like i imagine that we're gonna get like i imagine the fall is not gonna be as bad as we kind of expect it to be for nintendo right like i i think there was a moment there where we we're kind of like yeah is nintendo gonna have any any fall games because they wasn't not a moment nintendo. it was uh many many months <laughs> Well, like, yeah, yeah. Because it, like, it's like, damn. Because Animal Crossing was like, and kind of still is, really the the thing for this year, right? Like, it's it's great that we have Paper Mario, but yeah, like w- past Paper Mario, we still kind of got nothing. And I feel like, given the times that we're in, I kind of have more trust that hey, maybe we, we will see the those uh, three Mario remasters. Like, maybe mm-hmm. it is just a hey, things are difficult to communicate right now. It's hard to get get assets together right right now. It's hard to like. It, like they're not having an e3 thing right because e3 is canceled and so i want i wonder for them if it's just a thing of like hey we'll just we'll announce things when we're ready to announce them and this year especially things are going to be close things going to get announced closer to the release than previous let's get into this frank question because i got some thoughts 
Frank Freder writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games. This is like you can and says, I understand that no one will ever understand Nintendo, but why a tweet? Why not make this a direct and do a deep dive into the game like they normally do? I understand if it were coming uh, near the end of the year, but this new Paper Mario game is out in less than two months. Is there a reason it was announced unceremoniously on Twitter rather than doing a direct, a direct mini or hell, even giving it to Jeff Keighley for Summer Games Fest? Thanks for all you do, Frank Furter. So I don't know. Nintendo is very weird. They've always made weird decisions. And I very rarely want to give them credit for things that end up turning out well because it does seem like an accident more, more often than not. This is an example of that kind of being the opposite for me where I actually see this as there was a plan for a direct at some point. Like, let's just say anywhere between January and April, there was plans for some type of direct that would have announced a bunch of things. I do think that because of the situation we're all in, that it hit a point where things changed and everyone shifted to doing things the Nintendo direct way. And we've been seeing it the last couple of months of a ton of different showcases, a ton of different ways of people showing things, but it's all digital. It's not big press conference events, right? And I think Nintendo was like, oh man, well, we we lack our kind of uniqueness now of having that digital event that we can put out that brings all of the hype and all of the um, the attention and energy into what are they going to announce at this direct? And I think since everyone's doing it, the hype kind of exploded. And now there's equal hype for every single announcement with, with Keeley's whole summer game fest thing. It's like when something's there, everyone it's Batman. It has to be bad. Oh my God. PS5. Yeah. Oh my God. It's like, there's these levels of hype that like you just can't meet at some point. And I think that uh, Nintendo has been burned a couple times uh, in the last couple directs where they were, it overhyped what the content actually was. And I think we saw evidence of that when they dropped the uh, direct mini without even hyping it up at all. And just kind of put it out and it was there. And I think that this is even a step further in that direction where they're just like, we're not going to build hype for this. We're just going to, we're just going to put it out there and people are going to be hyped because it is a cool, exciting announcement, but we're not going to wrap it up in a bunch of other things that people can nitpick and, and pick apart because it is just about this game. And we, we don't need to do this big presentation because everyone else is doing that. And what made Nintendo directs unique and that kind of hype cycle going in from ones announced into it actually coming out I feel this year more than ever is kind of souring the experience. And Nintendo's like, we ain't trying to sour this shit. Like, let's just put this out there. Yeah, I feel like for Nintendo in an ideal world, this would have this would have been packaged in a Nintendo Direct with the Mario 3D remasters and whatever like the the uh, 35th anniversary of Mario things would have been. Right. Like, I feel like that would have been the ideal way to package this and, and deliver it. And I feel like that that would have been their plan, especially if they want to really celebrate this year. This year kind of being being a wash. Uh, for everybody i feel like kind of puts a dampen on trying to uh advertise this year as like mario's 35th anniversary maybe they still do that later in the year when they if if they do like announce the the 3d remasters but i think at this point like you kind of you kind of do what you can and you kind of you 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 just put this out right like you don't hype it up because you don't want people to to overhype what this is right you don't want to disappoint people you just put it out and have people kind of build that hype themselves right like people on twitter are going crazy for this and i think rightfully so right because like you see paper mario and you see this trailer and you're like oh this looks sweet this looks awesome the reason why we have that reaction to it is because it came out of nowhere like it was rumored of course but like if it was the thing of nintendo came out yesterday and they were like hey tomorrow we're doing we're announcing a mario thing i think then if they came out with this it would have been a a a different reaction i think the reaction would have still been good but it would have been like I. I think you you don't allow that speculation to kind of build up 
uh, and become something that it isn't, right? You don't want people to be like, oh, Mario tomorrow? Are we getting Mario Odyssey? Mario Odyssey 2? Are we getting these, these, you know, remakes? The Mar- that's yeah. the thing is like, this is all information that's been heavily talked about already. Like, I, I feel like Nintendo is is learning and like, I feel like they're kind of aware of the marketplace that they're they're releasing products into. And it's like, this is, it's very interesting. It's very different than what we've seen from them before. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see more of this in the future. I think that when we get a proper Nintendo Direct, the next time it's going to be substantial. Like, I think that this is all leading up to them understanding that Nintendo directs need to mean something. And what that something is, is pure freaking ridiculous hype and yeah. shit. That's going to like, like megatons it's megatons. Like it w- would need the breath of the wild two or the Metroid prime four or the odyssey two, or, you know, something, something of that or a crazy character in smash. Yeah. Games. Like, I mean, I feel like that's what Nint- Nintendo directs have kind of turned into over the last generation, especially right since the switch. I think you you look at that that Smash Direct uh, where they announced Super Smash Brothers Ultimate uh, at the end of it, right, with like the inkling seeing the, <clears throat> seeing the Smash Ball in their eye, right, and you like, I, I think that's what we all now associate directs with, right, like those big hype moments. And so, like, if you look at that that last direct mini that we got that they they dropped without really announcing it, like, it was a fine showcase. Like, it wasn't like it wasn't like super underwhelming or anything. Like, I think they could have branded that as a direct and been fine, but I think, I don't yeah, think like, could have. well, I, I guess to the point to the point I, I, I'm making, right? I, like, if they did bring it as a direct, people would have been underwhelmed with it because we do have this idea, like this bigger idea of what directs mean to your, like, to your point also. Yeah, yeah, we'll see, man. I'm extremely excited about this. I'm glad Paper Mario's back in some form. This isn't necessarily what the form I'd like it to be, but I am excited to play it. Now, I have this as story number one. I've added a 1B because out of all this Paper Mario, Paper Mario business, uh, there is an interesting tidbit of news that I want to pull here. Uh, so story 1B, could we be getting Pikmin 3 Deluxe? I'm pulling this from Jeff Grubb of VentureBeat, who we've talked about a lot on this show at this point, who loves loves the cheeky like hey let me just put out this this tidbit here and mm-hmm. so he he's done this before right where he talked about oh yeah by the way at the end of like i think it was an ea's earning uh, article he was like by the way uh they're working on mass effect trilogy he's done a similar thing here where in his venture beat article talking about this paper mario reveal he ends it by saying and this is from his venture beat article quote other nintendo studios will have games ready to release soon as well that includes the 3d mario remasters but it should also include pikmin 3 deluxe now, Tim, I believe this is the first we're hearing about a Pikmin 3 Deluxe. It right? is. Am I, am I, now, yeah, I mean, Pikmin is one of the more bizarre franchises in the Nintendo catalog because years ago, Pikmin 4 was announced by Miyamoto. Yeah, and, that's, that was uh, my next thing. Like that, that Pikmin 4 was announced forever ago, and, and I would have just, just assumed that they must have been working on that. Totally. And it's a weird one. And Pikmin 3 came out early enough in the Wii U's life cycle and didn't really make, make that big of a dent uh, compared to some of the other Wii U titles that were there. And it's a weird one for me where I'm surprised that Pikmin 3 hasn't been ported if it's going to be. Um, they're kind of like getting to the bottom of the well when it comes to Wii U ports. And if Pikmin mm-hmm. 4 is a thing, I do think it's a little weird putting out a Pikmin 3 Deluxe close to that. But maybe there's not a Pikmin 4 uh, anytime soon. And then this would make a, a bit more sense to me. Because when we look at the Wii U, like at this point now that the, uh, um, the Fire Emblem Shin Megami Tensei game that I always forget the name of the FE Tokyo yeah. Mirage sessions. Um, that's out. Wonderful. One Oh one's out. It's like, we're really getting to the end of yeah, the like, news. What's we, what's really left 3d world. Oh yeah. 3D which world, is yeah. rumored as part of this re- release thing. Right. 
Um, mm-hmm. We got um, the Zelda is Hyrule, remasters. Is Hyrule Warriors on Switch? And then, yeah, and then there's the Warrior games. But, like, I don't really see those getting ported at this point. But, I mean, yeah. who the fuck knows? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's more like the Zelda proper titles, Twilight Princess and um, Wind Waker. God, I would love those for I, I would love for those to to, to come over. But, yeah, I, I, this is an interesting thing. It would. I mean, if this came out, it would tell me that that uh, Pikmin 4 got internally just moved or canceled or, or they started over or something. Because if I remember correctly, when they announced Pikmin 4, it wasn't like an announcement announcement. No. It was like an interview with somebody yeah. saying that like, oh, yeah, by the way, like, Miyamoto's. yeah, we're working on Pikmin 4. Was it Miyamoto that said it? Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, you know, I think this would say that if I mean, if this is coming out, then for sure, Pikmin 4 has gotten pushed um, for like years out, probably at this point. But it's still exciting stuff, right? Like Pikmin three on on Switch would be cool. I know people love Pikmin uh, three on Wii U, and so it would allow that game. To... I have I had a friend in high school gotcha. <laughs> that uh, okay. that well in high school friend at that point I think we were both in college, but he had it and he loved it. Well, did cool. people not yeah. love Pikmin three? No, it's, it's just uh, Pikmin three to me is like I, I don't know anybody that like really enjoyed that game. Like even working really? at IGN, I know pick people that are huge fans of Pikmin one and two especially. But mm-hmm. three was one of those things. It was early enough in the Wii U cycle that a lot of people didn't have the Wii U, and not that it ever ended up that they did. But this is like mm-hmm. pre Mario Kart and pre like the things that sold the people on the Wii U that weren't, you know, day oneers. And I, I just I've never heard people be super high on Pikmin three specifically. Interesting. Like, yeah, I had even, even like Jose at IGN who was doing Nintendo stuff at the time, like mm-hmm. he liked it, but it wasn't like a killer app for him. Interesting. Yeah, I think I just remember it being received, I guess, more fondly than, uh, than negatively. And then also, yeah, my friend, my friend from high school, just really, really loved uh, Pikmin. Shout out to Brandon. Uh, let's get into story number two. Vince Zampella says Titanfall is not in development. I'm pulling this from Ryan McCaffrey at IGN. IGN did a whole interview with uh, Vince Zampella, of course, the head of Respawn Entertainment, uh, which there are like quite a few details from this, including that uh, Titanfall two or Titanfall in general is not in development. Um, but I'm going to start with this. The end of Vince Zampella's first decade as the head of Respawn Entertainment, the studio he co-founded with fellow Call of Duty co-creator Jason West in 2010 in the wake of, of an ugly corporate divorce from Activision, couldn't have gone much better. In 2019, Respawn bookended the year by releasing two critical and commercial su- successes, uh, Apex Legends in February and Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order in November. Zampella capped it all off by earning more power from EA via promotion to, to oversee multiple studios, including DICE LA. In this and and this after EA bought Respawn for $455 million in 2017. Quote, when you look backwards at 2019, it's crazier than it was uh, than it was at the time, Zampella told IGN this week. Quote, when you see it all as one package, it's like, holy shit. But at the time, we were just going to do what we do. We've got a bunch of people that love to make games and love what they do. And they did that. Uh, end quote. The good, the good times have continued to roll for Zampella and Respawn in 2020. Coming off of Jedi Fallen Order's success, EA CEO Andrew Wilson recently called Jedi Fallen Order the first title in an entirely new franchise. That means a sequel, right? Zampella, Zampella laughed and said, quote, I'll say that Andrew Wilson alluded to something, but I will say that the team is hiring. Put the word out, end quote. Moving forward, Zampella gave a couple of hints for what we might expect out of DICE LA which had most recently served as a support studio for multiple EA projects. First, they'll be renamed, quote, the intention is for them to have their own identity, Zampella said. Quote, we'll we'll figure that out as we go. The COVID situation has thrown a kink in everything, so we're still figuring it out, 
end quote. They won't be folded into Respawn, he confirmed to IGN, and their first game is likely to be a shooter running on the Frostbite engine. While Respawn has bucked EA, has bucked EA convention and uh, been the only internal EA studio to not use Frostbite in its games, Zampella said it's, pr- it's prop. It probably makes sense for Dice LA's next project to utilize the in-house engine. "Quote: Dice is a Frostbite team, so they're familiar with it," he said. "You need to pick the right engine to make the game that you want to make. Most likely, it'll be Frostbite because that's what they're familiar with, and that's that's what they know, and that's what's going to be the quickest ramp up. Uh, that's going to be the quickest ra- ramp up time. But if we decided to do something where another en- engine made made sense, that could be an option. So much wealth of experience uh, in that engine." and the ability to, to extract amazing-looking graphics out of that engine that it would be a shame to waste that, end quote. Dice LA currently employs about 100 people, Zampilla said. We're definitely hiring up there, and this has definitely given us a bridge into the world of more remote work being distributed. We're looking at ways to expand in smarter and safer ways as we go forward. We'll probably start taking on a lot, <clears throat> a lot more remote work, <clears throat> excuse me, and we'll kind, of expa- we'll, we'll kind of expand globally. We want to be everywhere. End quote. Titanfall remains a beloved series that is yet to see a commercial commercial success of Titanfall Universe uh, spinoff Apex Legends or Jedi Fallen Order. When asked if we'll see it again, Zampella was optimistic. Quote, there's nothing currently in development, he said, but it's always there. You see the little bits of stuff coming back through the lore in Apex Legends. At some point, I'll personally like to see some kind of resurrection there. We'll see if I can make it happen. End quote. Finally, IGN asked Zampella if we can look forward to any announcements from Respawn at EA's upcoming EA Play event. Quote, we have Medal of Honor, uh, Above and Beyond, coming out sometime this year. So we'll see that. We'll see, we'll see if that shows up. Uh, end quote. He said diplomatically uh, before, de- <clears throat> before, before deferring to an EA spokesperson uh, out of fear he'd said something he wasn't supposed to. She clarified, <laughs> it's safe, to, it's safe to, to assume that, yes, you might see some things from Respawn at EA Play. End quote. A long article there, but I think there are a lot of good uh, tidbits, Tim. Yeah, man. I love it. Respawn, killing the game. You know, definitely one of the the devs to watch going into the future. Um, I feel like Vince has been been really killing it. Apex has been awesome. Tenfall 2, everyone loves. And obviously, Jedi Fallen Order is the hit that it is. Um, I I didn't realize they were working on the Medal of Honor um, game. But above and beyond, that's the VR title that they're working yeah, on. Yeah, it's the VR game. Yeah, so uh, interesting. I'm I, this kind of is exciting hearing the EA spokesperson saying that we're going to see some stuff from Respawn at EA Play. Like, given the context of the, this quote, I think that means more than just the Medal of Honor VR thing. So, yeah, that's cool. I wonder what it is. Honestly, like, what I'd like to see most is some Jedi Fallen Order, like substantial DLC, like some like a real story bit, um, because I feel like getting a new sequel announcement that it wouldn't be coming anytime soon and i'm definitely itching for some more of that world yeah no i'm with you that like i'm i'm curious to see i i feel like with 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 what we just got from jedi fallen order i don't know if that points to hey like we're doing this and then wrapping up or if they're if they're gonna keep pushing more toward new story content because i know like they're probably like uh hoops you need to jump through to make star wars story content uh, and so i wonder if they just preserve that for jedi fallen order 2 or if they do go go forward with, with DLC, the the fact that they're not actively working on Titanfall one kind of saddens me because I love Titanfall and I and I think Titanfall kind of got screwed a bit with how EA positioned it because it came out 
I want to say like a week or like two weeks after Battlefield One, and like mm-hmm. Call of Duty was also like somewhere in there, and that kind of screwed that game in terms of how well it performed. And you look at Apex Legends, right? Like Apex Legends is killing it. Apex Legends, people absolutely love it. I wonder. I know we made me uh, or Andy was the one that made the prediction on Gamescast about like, oh yeah, like I I I could see them doing a a single player Apex Legends game, and we just got an update for like more substantial like quest-based story-based stuff in apex legends that seems cool and i don't know if that would actually point to a single-player version of the game but yeah i i I really wonder what the next step is for respawn that isn't just isn't just star wars especially if they're not working on on titanfall right now yeah um no that'd be interesting if they did a a, you know single-player core apex game that might be smart for branding and just kind of you know solidifying those characters a bit more and um that i I wouldn't be surprised if that happened, but I'm not necessarily expecting it. But that could be a... It's interesting they're saying they're not working on a Titanfall game, but I feel like that could be kind of a weird workaround of that, where it's like, we're not doing Titanfall, we're doing Apex, because that's the the brand that actually ironically means more now. Like, who the hell would have thought? I remember when Apex first launched, everyone's like, why would you not just call it Titanfall something? Like, that's weird that it's in the world, but it's like you're not using the branding that you (laughs) came up with. But yeah. And it's interesting because yeah, Apex Legends takes place in the in the world of Titanfall. I wonder if if you make an Apex Legends single player game and then you follow that up with a new Titanfall game and then advertise that Titanfall game as saying like, oh yeah, and this is in the world of Apex Legends. Like that'd be like a, such a weird like crisscross of of hey yeah, like this is the thing that came first. Like the the chicken became came before the egg thing, but now the, the egg became the, chicken. the egg. <laughs> <laughs> the chicken became the egg. Um, but. Yeah, I'm so curious to see what comes out of Respawn uh, in the near future. Like, Respawn has remained is like my favorite studio out of EA currently. Like, they're absolutely killing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, good stuff, man. Story number three, another uh, big publisher uh, kind of fiscal story got coming up. Uh, Ubisoft has some big things planned. I'm pulling this story from Rebecca Valentine at gamesindustry.biz, who writes, A rocky year of delays and lowered revenue for Ubisoft is finally over, with the publisher releasing its Q4 and full year financial results today while looking ahead to a more promising release slate. For Q4 of its fiscal 2019 to 2020, Ubisoft reported sales of 481 uh, million euros, that's $519 million, down 7% year over year, and net bookings of 417 million euros, that's $450 million, down 38% year over year. The Lord revenues are in, no way, are in no small part due to a lack of major releases last year. After Ubisoft delayed Watch Dogs Legion, Gods and Monsters, Rainbow Six Quarantine uh, into next fiscal year, to, uh, to give the games more development time. However, Ubisoft added that it's going to its ongoing franchise remains successful and are seeing boosts in interest due to COVID-19, with Rainbow Six Siege sp- specifically reaching over 60 million registered players and seeing record engagement in January, February, and March. Furthermore, Ubisoft shared that 11 of its titles have sold over 10 million units this console cycle. Those titles being Assassin's Creed Unity, Assassin's Creed Origins, Tom Clancy's The Division, Tom Clancy's The Division 2, Far Cry 4, Far Cry 5, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Wildlands, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege, Watch Dogs, and Watch Dogs 2. For the full year, Ubisoft reported sales of $1.71 billion, down 14% year over year, and net bookings of $1.65 billion, uh, that's down 24% year over year. It also reported operating income of $36.9 million, down from $481 million uh, over the previous year. CFO Frederick 
uh, Dujouet acknowledged that the full full year financial results were well below the company's initial expectations, though this was in line with the new expe- new expectations the company set late last year when it pushed back the three planned AAA titles. CEO Yves Guillemot uh, added that while they expected the the impact from COVID nineteen to be minimal, in uh, in that so far it it only caused a production delay of a few weeks in areas like mocap, localization, voice recording, and testing. The company was exercising prudence in its projections for the coming year due to the uncertainty of how 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 it may impact production in the future. Ubisoft currently expects Q1 net bookings of $361 million with the launches of Monopoly on Google Stadia, For Honor Season 2, and, and Year 5, uh, Season 2 of Rainbow Six Siege. For the full year, Ubisoft is currently planning to release five AAA titles, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Watch Dogs Legion, Gods and Monsters, Rainbow Six Quarantine, and one more unannounced franchise. Uh, three of these, including Assassin's Creed Valhalla, are, are planned for Q3, while the others are planned for Q4. It's also still planning non-AAA releases like Roller Champions. It projects operating income to, uh, to be between $431 million and $647 million, and net bookings between $2.53 billion and $2.86 billion, with lower end assuming that COVID-19 necessities uh, necessitates the, the delay of one of its five planned AAA titles. Again, a lot there, Tim, yeah. but it seems like Ubisoft uh, is killing it, all things considered. Killing it, you know, kind of taking a little bit of a hit, but I, I feel like that would all have been expected due to all the delays that they had last year. But it mm-hmm. seems like they're they're kind of in place for a ironically killer 2020 and going into 2021. Um, I feel like because of all of those delays, they they were a little bit more ahead of these games than I think a lot of the other devs were uh going into this corona stuff. So I feel oh, like yeah. we're gonna we're gonna start seeing these things rolling out with the Assassin's Creed and watchdogs and, and moving on from that um i i'm interested if rainbow six quarantine gets a name change or or what yeah they mentioned here that like yeah we can see they they mentioned that one of our games is probably going to get delayed i imagine that's probably going to be rainbow six quarantine i imagine that yeah also is probably going to get a a name change um because they don't want to they don't want that game received a certain way gods and monsters definitely excited to see more of that i am i'm pretty shocked that we've only seen that one kind of trailer cinematic that, that, that's trailer. been it like uh yeah. that game seemed fairly interesting looking so I, I want more on that uh but i'm most excited about the one more unannounced franchise what do you prince think of that persia, could be? baby i know everybody oh, wants man. Twitter, so i want prince of persia and i don't necessarily think that it's that but there has been such a weird upswing in prince of persia stuff in the last couple weeks um yeah. with the i mean there were even months with the for honor stuff that they did and then there was the 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 leaked prince of persia gameplay from the game that got canceled in like 2012 or whatever that yeah. <laughs> was just that's just been sitting on a youtube it's channel on youtube hilarious um but i just feel like yeah there's a i wonder if there's a reason that you know prince is back in the in the vernacular of people right now i i think splinter cell is is a good poll like between splinter cell and prince prince of persia people have been clamoring for both i think either of those would be would would be good ones to bring back um and yeah, like I'm trying to think of what else is in Ubisoft's repertoire that they could just bust out and would, Rayman, would be great for them. Oh yeah, like I guess Rayman. Rayman would get a lot of the same response that like Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze did, where it's like everyone wanted Metroid from Retro, and then they announced that, and you're like, ah, but then the game ended up being amazing. But like that didn't sway the fact that people still wanted Metroid. I feel like it'd be the same thing here. Like if they announced a new 
Rayman in the style of Origins and Legends, I'd be all about it. But I can imagine the upset that it's not Splinter Cell. You know, yeah, Splinter Cell is a weird one where it's like you know it, it reminds me a lot of Borderlands Three, where you, we we can predict it long enough that eventually it's gonna happen. It's just gonna happen. It's just it's gonna appear. Well, yeah. I feel like Borderlands Three is. A, I feel like Borderlands is more inevitable than Splinter Cell. Like Splinter Splinter Cell, I'm not. There's no there's there's no mo- mo- moment where I'm like, yeah, they're definitely developing it right now. Whereas Borderlands, I'm like, they're always developing something for Borderlands. Borderlands is like their their biggest franchise. Over I mean, there, it was like, many Xbox. years, man. There was like a for sure a big gap. Where I swear drought. to God, every single E3 and event we'd be predicting Borderlands Three is going to be at this one. You know, it's kind of like the, the Rockstar sure. games at this point too. But I feel like for Ubisoft, if if somebody from Ubisoft came to me and they're like, "Yeah, we're not developing Splinter Cell right now," like I I wouldn't necessarily be surprised. I'd be disappointed, but I wouldn't be surprised. Whereas like if if Gearbox if at Gearbox somewhere they're like oh yeah we don't even have a thought about Borderlands Four right now I'm like you guys are lying you guys definitely you guys are definitely working on that on that thing yeah um either way uh good stuff from from Ubisoft um I like that they included their Monopoly game in there I love I love Hilarious. that that's launching Google Stadia and that's a big part of their financials and so go get them story number four Evo's 2020 lineup has been revealed with a notable game missing Tim. Mm. Uh, I'm pulling this from Jordan Alleman at IGN, who writes, Evo Online will replace the physical competition this year due to the impact of COVID-19 pandemic. But that isn't the only major change with Super Smash Bros. Ultimate cut from the lineup, most likely due to the issues with the game's online performance. Uh, Smash is an Evo staple, and while the organizers haven't commented on the game's omission, it's believed that it may have been due to uh, difficult may have been too difficult to run uh, an online Smash tournament due to the game's lacking netcode. And I know we, we this is a thing that when they first announced Evo was going online, which of course Evo <laughs> was like the big, um, like the biggest fighting game tournament to happen during the year. When they announced that I was going online, immediately I was like, we'll see. Because like fighting games online isn't necessarily, that's not necessarily like a, a, a marriage that works uh, 100% of the time. Like there are so many fighting games that have bad netcode. And when you look at Smash especially, right? Like, that's a game that you definitely don't want to hold an online tournament with. And so you kind of understand uh, why why they would omit that one. Um, Fucking Nintendo, man. It's just Nintendo, so right? sad. It's like, you know, every step forward they make, every classic game they put out, of which there have been countless, and there will continue to be many, many more. There's just the foundation and the fundamentals that they just simply don't give a shit about. You know, it's like they there's no focus, and I don't believe that the net code for Nintendo games will ever be where it needs to be. I don't think that that's a priority for them. I don't think there's anything really that can make it one because them missing out on Evo, I feel like Nintendo's just gonna shrug it off. And it's like, man, that is that's it's a bummer though. Call because like Smash, especially Smash Ultimate, was the grand finale of Evo last year. That's like the game that people tuned in for. That that created so many hype moments around the event last year. And so to see it missing this year because, I mean, S- Smash is a wonderful game, but when it comes to specifically online, that's where things things kind of start to fall apart for it. The fact that, and, and I guess this is like, this, this kind of um, just speaks to Nintendo in general for their online, not even just Smash, but for the fact that Nintendo online is just not at the point where it can be supported, right? Especially seeing that you imagine Evo definitely would love to support this game. Oh you imagine God, Evo yes. would definitely love to have it there because there's so many Smash fans and so many people would tune in for that. The fact that they're just like, yeah, it's not worth it because the online isn't there. Like, 
that's a big bummer. Uh, and yeah. that's kind of an, that's definitely an indictment on, on Nintendo online services. And if you, I want to read the, the full lineup for the competition because it's actually, despite that, it's actually still a, a very good lineup, right? They have uh, Undernight in Birth EXC Late. Uh, which I've been talking about on the shows recently because I, I played that game back in February and it's actually really cool. Uh, Dragon Ball Fighters, Tekken 7, Street Fighter 5 Championship Edition, uh, Soul Calibur 6, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, Samurai Showdown, Skullgirls Encore, Mortal Kombat 11, Killer Instinct, and then Them's Fighting Herds, which, Kevin, is there a way you can pull up a trailer for Them's Fighting Herds? Tim, if I was to tell you the name of this game, Them's Fighting Herds, what would be your assumption on, on what this game is? I have Come absolutely on. no idea. Is this the Jesus game? No, it's okay, not. Good. But that's a good that guess. would be very fucking weird if uh, it was in Evo. I don't know. What is them fighting herds? You're going to see because, like, I don't. It's going to surprise you. Holy shit. <laughs> it's going to surprise you. <laughs> yeah, just let, just let the people see. Trailers. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, you know, going back to it, it's a bummer. I think Smash Ultimate would bring more viewers than any of these games um, overall to to Evo. And I'm sure Evo wanted it, but okay. it's on Nintendo, man. Kevin, let that thing roll. <laughs> There's no music for you guys. All right. That's, are, are the audience, are they hearing yeah. sound? Oh, Jesus. It's exactly Whoa. what it looks like. Is that a mama? For people, Whoa. For, people, for people listening, right, for people listening to the audio version, it's basically... My Little Pony, but a fighting game. It's from the artist who does My Little Pony. Friendship is Magic. They basically Dude, direct the fighting this game. This actually looks pretty sick. This looks cool. Yeah. That's a story mode? <laughs> can you, it's Kev, can you life, scroll man. to the, the end? I want to see, like, who, who are the devs of this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Humble? Okay, main six. Humble? So here we go. I've never heard of them. I imagine they're a smaller team. I imagine mm-hmm. that this is on the indie side of stuff. Yes. Nintendo. There are indie devs with netcode that works better than super fucking Smash Brothers. What the fuck is the problem, man? Dude, How are you going to have your Nintendo that- Switch reveal trailer with Splatoon 2, all those motherfuckers doing their goddamn esports and shit, and they're up there, and it's just like, oh, and then here we are years later, and Smash Ultimate, not in Evo. Why? Not because they don't want to play, because they can't play. It's unfortunate, man. It's unfortunate. And yeah, I, like, I, I would like to say that, like, yeah, hopefully we see Nintendo, like, fix this as they move forward, but to what you said, like, I don't, I don't see a future, like, a near future in which N- Nintendo Online is, like, works perfectly in their net code and their games is perfect like i was playing mario kart uh uh, on wii mario kart 8 deluxe i want to say like two weeks ago and i still had the issue where i was just getting those uh the network errors where i just disconnect randomly during races and it's like man it it's a bummer it's definitely it's definitely a bummer (sighs) speaking of bummers Story number five, uh, Scavenger Studio ends active development on Darwin Project. Uh, this is from Alyssa McAloon at Gamasutra, who writes, Scavenger Studio is, window, is winding down. Uh, let me start that over. Scavenger Studio is winding down support for its social battle royale game, Darwin Project, noting, noting in a post that its team will be redirected to other projects within the studio. It's an unfortunate end to any online game, and one and one the team at Scavenger says they tried to stave off with new platforms, content, and features to no avail. Quote, we've assessed all potential solutions and scenarios, but fortunately, Darwin Project is unable to sustain itself, thus forcing us to come to this very difficult decision. Uh, write the studio co-founders Simon Darvo and Emily uh, LaMarche. 
An end to active development doesn't mean an end of support, at least not quite yet. The Darwin Project team says the 10-person Battle Royale game and its stream-centered features will remain online and fully playable at least until the end of 2020. Uh, Tim, this is a sad one for me because I actually really like the Dar- uh, Darwin Project. I oh, didn't really? play much of it, which it probably contributes to the problem. But <laughs> when I played it, I was like, this game is awesome, right? Like this was, I, I believe, the either first or second game that I picked for uh, our PS I Love You segment where we rank 104 PSN games. Oh, and gotcha. if you're unfamiliar, right, Darwin Project, it's like a 10-person battle royale. Uh, there is somebody playing who's playing as the director, and they're the one that, like, kind of manages what what's happening they close down certain zones it's more hunger games than like i think other battle royale games are um and it's like a, it was darn project is a really fun really cool experience and it i think it is it comes down to like just the audience just wasn't there right like it, it didn't have the the support it needed to kind of stay uh functioning which sucks because i feel like this 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 has happened pretty quickly you know because the game came out on ps4 in january and so, like from January to now May, the, the fact that they're at the point where they're like, "Oh yeah, now we gotta we gotta shut down development on it, at least active development on it," um, it's a bummer, but it happens. Yeah, you know, you hate to see and it. it. And then our last story, storm, story number six, which I'm titling as a Greg joint because Greg is the one that that emailed this one to me. Uh, Fallout 76 has announced a, a 2020 roadmap. This comes from a, a press release that they emailed this morning. Today, we released the 2020 roadmap for Fallout 76. The roadmap outlines future content coming to Fallout 76 this year, including the introduction of seasons, a major rebalancing of combat and rewards for dwellers of all levels, camp shelters, legendary perks, plus the start of a year-long Brotherhood of, of Steel story arc, and more. Introducing 76 Seasons. Seasons brings a new account-wide progression system to Fallout 76 that overhauls the current challenge system and helps players rake in uh, lots of new rewards along the way. Seasons will be available to all players and offer a unified progression path to unlock dozens of new and unique rewards from power armor, power armor paints, uh, paints and camp items to atoms, legendary script, perk packs, and so much more. In place of the old challenge system that rewarded atoms for for completing daily and weekly challenges, players will instead earn earn a new currency, score points. These points will advance players in their seasonal progression on the road to unlocking some incredible rewards. The result is a more engaging, flexible, and fun experience for all types of players. While seasons are still subject to change based on internal playtests and player feedback, here's a bit more on how seasons currently work. Players will see a new option on the main menu that will take them to a uniquely Fallout-themed seasonal progression screen. During Season 1, this will be, cap- this will be a Captain Cosmos-themed board, board game. All, pl- all players begin at, at the, the first base on the board, rank 1 out of 100. Advancing along the board involves acquiring a new type of currency, score, obtainable through, revamp chal- through the revamped challenge system and other in-game activities. Challenges will be, will be less complicated and easier to complete, typically involving act Activities players will complete by playing Fallout 76 as they normally would. Rewards are handed out at every rank. With bigger rewards, the the more with bigger re- rewards, the more you advance and at specific milestones, rank 25, 50, 76, etc. Uh, players will have the option to spend 150 atoms to skip ranks after the first two weeks of a season. After two weeks, players can move ahead in ranks by spending atoms as a means for uh, for late late to a season a, a chance to catch up. Seasons will run for 10 weeks with a two-week break between the end of a season uh, and the start of the next. The inaugural season kicks off with patch 20 this summer. And so 
to break it all down, to bring it all together, right? In summer, they're starting seasons. In fall, uh, they're rebalancing the game with season two, uh, with, a, with a refresh with season two. That'll feature a new quest line preparing for the Brotherhood of Steel. And then in winter, uh, season three drops with Brotherhood of Steel returning, among other feature updates. Um, Tim, how do you react to all this? Does this make you interested at all in Fallout 76? Me, no. But to find the mm-hmm. positives in this, like, I am... I'm impressed that they're committing to this game as much as they are. I definitely thought that at some point they would have just given up the ghost on it and and kind of cut and run, but they they didn't and they're pushing it and it like seems like there's a every time we we talk about Fallout 76 there is enough people writing in about it that make me believe like hey, there is an audience for it. I don't think that audience is nearly as big as it as they as Bethesda wanted it to be nor than it should have been and could have been had they mm-hmm. done things uh a lot more correctly when uh, they first launched but you know here they are a couple years later and it sounds like they're still in the the point of like trying to make it over the hump to be able to make this game exactly what they want it to be but they're taking the steps and you know transparency is always good having this roadmap it's exciting for the the people that care they're definitely they've definitely been doing a great job bringing themselves back from the dead like i i remember asking greg the question a while ago on K, on KFGD about who do we think is more likely to have a comeback between uh, Anthem and Fallout 76? And I think my pick was Anthem. And seeing how Fallout 76 has been making uh, making the big moves to kind of to kind of update itself and bring itself up to the expectations that people kind of had for it in the beginning. Like the Wastelanders update was pretty cool, right? Introducing M- NPCs, and I got to play it a few weeks ago with Greg and. I was actually pretty impressed with what was there. I was actually pretty engaged with it. Now seeing this roadmap has me actually very excited uh, to see what the hmm. future of this game is. Because when you tell me that, yeah, they're going to have a Brotherhood of Steel quest line, like as somebody who loves Fallout, right? Like that sounds super awesome. The idea that this game started off with no NPCs and is now going to have a whole quest line that is that is devoted to a whole faction of the game that people have a love for, like that that's super cool seeing that they're adding seasons seeing that they're revamping certain things seeing that they're um that that that, that they've given a whole roadmap for what the rest of the year looks like in a way where you kind of you you can you kind of have an idea and you kind of understand like you know where where they're going with this and what their vision for it is uh super awesome one i hit i hope they hit it because i know um wastelanders what was delayed from last fall to um i guess recently to like this this past spring which was a huge bummer for the game and that comes off of the game having just a lot of huge bummers. Um, this seems like a very good direction. This gets me excited. And yeah, I think this is this is awesome news. Like, good it's for good. them. Tim, I'm very excited to see what the future of Fallout 76 is beyond the Wastelanders update and beyond the Brotherhood of Steel uh, uh, questline. But that is so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mama Grop Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Out today, we got Ion Fury for PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Oddworld Munch's Odyssey for Switch. Colat for Switch. TT Isle of Man Right on the Edge 2 for Switch. Cooking Simulator for Switch. Let's see here. Cetasius next for Switch. Arms 7, no, Armed 7DX for Switch. For a second, I was like, Arms 7, that's not, that doesn't sound right. Uh, Carnage Battle Arena for Switch. Wolf Flame for Switch. Zengi for Switch. 
Jawbreakers in the in the Confection Connection for PC, Knife Quest for PC, and then Choco Pixel Five is out today for PC. Uh, new dates, of course, Paper Mario: The Origami King has been announced for Nintendo Switch, and that's coming out on July seventeenth, twenty twenty. And then uh, Rhythm Action Game: No Straight Roads is coming to, to Nintendo Switch and Xbox One on June thirtieth, the same day as PS Four and PC. Uh, and let me tell you, I've tried out No Straight Roads. I played that at a PAX, uh, and it's pretty fun. It's a pretty cool game. So look forward to that. Deal of the day, Grand Theft Auto V Premium Edition is available for free on the Epic Game Store. Last I checked, the Epic Game Store was down. It might be up uh, by now, but when I when I went to check this morning, the Epic Game Store was was not up uh, because I think people just people were, were fiending for that GTA V for free. <laughs> and so couldn't handle it. Now it's time for Reader Mail. You can write into patreon.com slash games where you can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Hims. You've heard us talking about Hims and how they're helping guys look their best. If you haven't yet, it's time to see what they're all about. 66% of men start to lose their hair by age 35. Once you've noticed thinning hair, it can be too late. 4hims.com is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. It's time to write a new chapter, one in which you have hair. Kind of Funny Zone, Andy and Nick use Hims, and they can tell you firsthand the incredible effect that Hims has had on their appearance, specifically their hair. And I'm sure their sexual wellness. I can't speak to that personally, but I'm sure I'm sure they are sexually well. Isn't that right, Tim? Mm-hmm. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. Hims is helping guys be the best versions of themselves with licensed physicians and FDA-approved products to help treat hair loss. No snake oil pills or gas station counter supplements. These are prescription solutions backed by science. For Hims connects you to real doctors online, which can save you hours. Completely confidential and discreet. Answer a few quick questions a doctor will review, and if they determine it's right for you, can prescribe you medication to treat hair loss that is shipped directly to your door. Right now, our listeners can get started with their first month free. Go to forhims.com slash games daily. That's forhims.com slash games daily. A prescription requires an online consultation with a physician who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Offer valid only if prescribed. Uh, three month minimum subscriptions. Additional restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Remember, that's forhims.com slash games daily. Tim. Yeah. Nick M writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games, just like you can, and says, Hi, KFGD. Phil Spencer recently came out and said, uh, Game releases due for, due for 2021 onwards are likely to be heavily affected by COVID 19. How badly will this affect next gen console sales? I'd imagine the first batch released will sell out, but if it's announced that there, there are limited new release games in 2021, will we see slower sales compared to previous generations? Thanks for all you do, Nick M. I don't think so. I think that uh, it's a guarantee that the first round of consoles are going to be a hot ticket item that are going to sell out due to the lack of supply, no matter what. I think that that is going to exist for the foreseeable future going going forward from that. I don't think that we're going to hit a point that they'll be able to keep up with demand within the first three months for sure. You know, going into six months, like maybe it'll start to be a little bit more readily available. And I feel like at that point, people will still be interested in wanting it. I think that this gen, the way that it's functioning so differently than previous gens where late gen games, this gen, how many times can I say gen, (laughs) matter 
more next gen than ever before where it is this kind of crossover where the gaming experiences and video games have just changed where games as a service is so much more of a common thing that people are just going to want a better experience where you might be buying the new console not just because of the new games coming out but also because of the games that you're playing every single day and um, while that's not everybody i think that there still will be new games coming out there won't be maybe nearly as many coming out but there will be enough that people are interested in intrigued in buying a console for um and i think that you know looking at the playstation and xbox's different strategies um i feel that xbox specifically with everything they've been talking about it's not about buying the next box it's about investing in the ecosystem i think that um ironically that's actually going to help sell their new consoles anyways where mm -hmm. that's going to allow them to kind of just focus on making games for the first time with the xbox game studios for the first time in a long time where they're just i think we're going to start to see a, a similar thing that we did at nintendo with the switch where after years of kind of like sparse releases they hit it with the switch running where it was just like month after month we're getting these first party titles um yeah. with, with some focus and i think that xbox is going to have that with Halo Infinite kicking it off and then getting all of these, you know, the 13 Xbox Game Studios games coming one after another. And they might not all be of major consequence, but I think that they will all add up to being something that is going to make people want to invest. And the people that want the best experiences are going to buy the consoles anyways. So I think that while it might be slower than previous generations, that's just because of supply and demand. Um, and really yeah. supply, not demand. Yeah, like Nick, I mean, in your, in your question, you, you know, you mentioned that, yeah, are, are seeing slowed game releases from 2021 onward, is that going to badly or how badly will this affect next gen console sales? I think there are already so many factors at play that are going to affect next gen console sales that games being games being slowed within the first year, I don't think is going to be like a huge uh, factor in it. And I don't think it's going to be like a it's, it's not going to have much of a negative effect because there have been reports from the Sony side of things, right, that they expect for for uh, the PS5 to sell less, right? Because they do plan for it to be more expensive than the PS4, and they do have a limited amount of units being manufactured for that reason, right? Like they they're coming out they're coming out of this expecting for the console to to, to sell less, um, and so I think with that with the fact that COVID nineteen is a thing, and I think you're going to see people having less disposable income to work with uh, moving forward, and I think with the fact that like. Yeah, I think and, and to what Tim was saying, right? Like, I think you're going to see shortages shortages of consoles in general uh, in that first year, or at least that first launch period, right? Like, I think it console sales, I think, are going to have a set num number. Like, I think, I think by the time we're launching, by the time PS5 and Xbox Xbox Series X launches, that both companies already have an idea of, oh yeah, we'll do this many for sure because we only we only made this many, knowing that they're all going to going to sell out. Mm -hmm. uh in terms of the first year of games also like as a reminder like the first year of the ps4 and xbox one wasn't necessarily a banger year right like 2014 we got games like dragon age inquisition and shadow of mordor but there wasn't really like any standout like you know crazy game that came out like there wasn't like a, a god Infamous of war or second son you know was more yeah, like, like the, the tenor of of games coming out and then bloodborne yeah if i remember correctly was the next year yeah bloodborne wasn't until 20 20 15 or six, well, 20, yeah, 2015 so yeah the year after we got the, Bloodborne. the launch yeah and so i think you know as far as as far as games being slow being being a factor i think yeah like that's not necessarily a thing that's new uh to these console release periods and then also like 
there's just going to be a lot of crossover between games that are on both generations this time around, right? Like Destiny is going to be a game that's coming out next gen. It's also going to be on this gen. Rainbow but, Six uh, Siege, same thing, right? Like Cyberpunk. The, the difference is this: we're doing it. It functions differently than it did last gen. Last gen, there were things like Metal Gear Solid Five that were cross gen, but they were just completely different SKUs that you needed. And I think that this is for the first time going to incentivize people even more. That okay, here's an example for people that only have the means to invest in one console. They're either Xbox people or PlayStation people by necessity, not by desire, right? Mm-hmm. They go, they let's say there's the Xbox people that were this gen. They got an Xbox One. They could never get a PlayStation 4. Seeing the PlayStation 4's lineup and how awesome it's been, like there is that thing of like, all right, do I just invest and get a PlayStation 4 now to be able to play all those old games, which is how I feel like a lot of my friends, a lot of people I know would have done things in prior generations, wait till the end, get it on the cheap, play all the games i think this gen more than ever people are like more tempted to be like oh fuck it oh the playstation 5 is going to play all those games better but it does play all those games and i'll get to play the new ones you know what fuck it it's worth investing it's worth waiting to save up to get that to then be able to go back and play last of us one god of war blah 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 you know all those games that they might have missed out on because they were in a completely different ecosystem people like alfredo come to mind yeah i I think it's gonna be an interesting time because like I think there's also with that you also have the the, the idea that you imagine there's gonna be cross-gen play, right? Like with Rainbow Six and Destiny being examples, and I guess Overwatch too, because Overwatch 2 is coming out on both current gen and I guess they haven't announced next gen, but you assume next gen. Um, you imagine that like people aren't gonna feel as much pressure to switch over to new consoles if they're able to play with people that are on next gen consoles. And that's not necessarily a thing that I think has been confirmed yet but that's just a a thing that i'm kind of assuming that yeah like you're gonna be able to play with people um more so than uh like previous gens you haven't necessarily had that cross-gen play in a way that i think next gen you're gonna you're gonna kind of have to right yeah because like if cross if cross play is a thing right and people are cross playing with pc like say i'm playing fortnite for example right like if I had a, if I have a PS4, there's no reason why I should be able to crossplay with people on PC, but like then not be able to crossplay with people on PS5 who are also crossplaying with people on PC. Yeah. Like you, you know, imagine that all that works every, sure. every single way. And so I think with that, then like there's just there's I feel like this time around there's just a lot less pressure to to switch forward because of things like that also. But we shall see. Now it's time to squat up. Uh, Scanners writes in to Patreon.com/slash kind of funny games and says. Hey, Blessing and Tim, I'm looking for kind of funny best friends to jump back into Apex for season five. The twist, I'm in Australia, the great down under. And so I'm preferably looking for KFBFs who are more in line with my time zone. I play weekends and sub weeknights after or between 7 and 11 p.m. uh, AEST uh, or 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. Pacific time. If you want to jump in, add me to see when I'm online or shoot me a message on Xbox Live to organize a session. Uh, you can add scanners on Xbox Live with the username uh, Peregrine1313. That's P-E-R-E-G-R-I-N-E-1313. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write in and let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong. Uh, there are a few people here that are telling us that Hy- Hyrule Warriors is in fact on Switch. Ignacio Rojas and uh, RHD16. I'm going to credit y'all with that. Totally blanked on that. Not surprising, but... See. Nail Balls writes in and says, Per Games Radar, Jedi Fallen Order DLC is not planned. In April 2019, Respawn Community Manager said they have no plans for DLC and that the priority is to release strong, a strong, self-contained story. Interesting. 
Let's see. There we go. That's it. Yeah, there we go for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Uh, tomorrow's hosts are Greg and me. So stay tuned for that. Remember, uh, we're reacting to that Ghost of Tsushima state of play that's happening today mm-hmm. at 1 p.m. Pacific time on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. Uh, Gamescast is recording on Patreon today live. Uh, that's after our state of play reactions. The topic is what's the value of a $60 game? So yeah, Patreon supporters, that. please write in your thoughts on that of what games should cost. It's not just $60. Like what, what do you think breakdown models for pricing should be for video games and why? Of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. Uh, we have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. <laughs>